Hey guys, welcome back to the No Season 2 podcast. I am, of course, your good friend George with my good pal Megan, and we are talking about my so-called life. Another episode in the books, we're going to be talking about resolutions, original air date, January 5th, 1995. A lot of things happening in this episode, but before we get to this actually kind of heavy episode, Megan, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I mean, when this episode airs, it'll be January, but it's October right now, and Previously, I had mentioned that this is a Joel Schumacher household and <laughs> uh, watching Halloween movies. I had a little Kiefer Sutherland, Joel Schumacher double feature. Watched, watched Flatliners on Friday. Love that movie. And then watched Lost Boys on Saturday. And oh, my God. I feel like Joel Schumacher is not appreciated enough for what he has given us. <laughs> I think what it is, he's got some clunkers in there. Well, you know, but so does everyone. But you know what? Lost Boys is like an hour and a half, and it's great. It's not three and a half hours long. I don't need an intermission. I can just watch it straight through. Does the uh, the saxophone player without his shirt off, does that get you hot? <laughs> no. Does he make me hot? No. <laughs> yeah. Does it make you hot? No. It's like the least sexy thing I've probably ever seen. What are you talking about? That was some serious mulletude that guy had. <laughs> I mean, the hottest Lost Boy is that one with like the dark hair, with the long dark hair. I think he's played by Billy Worth. I don't think oh, he has right. a name. He's like the famous. hottest Lost Boy. I'd be like, yeah, I'll be a vampire. <laughs> the less famous because it's like it's Alex Winter mm-hmm. from Bill and Ted. It's uh, Kiefer Sutherland, and uh, that one dude is not not didn't become famous. No, he did not. I think he was yeah. on like I looked at like I googled him, and he was like his episodes of like Red Shoe Diaries, and oh, that well. was. that's 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 something right there and also i just like i remembered from episode a long time ago which is strangers in the house when we were talking about the three musketeers because of the financial i couldn't remember that Kiefer sutherland was it was one of the three musketeers but he was he was in that movie so i watched that about (laughs) About a month ago, mm. I think it's either on Disney Plus or it's on uh, one of the streaming. And I was yeah. like, I'll fire this up because usually what I'll do is like, I'll put on a movie that I've seen before before yeah. I go into work. So if I fall asleep, there's no stakes. I'm just yeah. like, all right, I fell asleep during <laughs> The Last Crusade, a movie I've seen like a thousand times. Yeah. I put on that Three Musketeers movie, a movie that I liked as a kid. That movie stinks. <laughs> Yeah, I can't imagine that. It's like, I mean, it's probably like more nostalgic than anything else. The best part of that movie is the song. The song is kind of yeah. tight. And, and you get like Rebecca De Mornay, who I've always thought was kind of hot. But like uh, <laughs> the Ryan Adams song is kind of tight. Aside yeah. from that, that movie's terribly. Not even in a fun way. <laughs> Not even in a fun way. What were they thinking? These guys are American. This this book is supposed to be in France. Well, it's Disney, so it's like yeah, I don't know. They didn't even like it's like hey, this guy's like this is a cousin of the of so and so. <laughs> He's really from America. These are the three musketeers made up of cousins, American cousins. <laughs> Yeah, and Crystal Donald is like the whitest of white dudes on the planet. Like yeah, he's yeah. so um, he's so American as paint. <laughs> Anyway, well, I'm glad you did all that. I do, <laughs> I do love me some Joel Schumacher, but it's, some of his movies he's got some clunkers out there. Yeah, but Number the ones that are really good, I think, make up for like. <laughs> I mean, like falling down makes up for like pretty much any. <laughs> falling down's dope. There's one I used to like. Didn't he direct like The Client or something? I don't, I don't know. I haven't done he, like a deep dive. You haven't done the, 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 the. You're not a big Joel Schumacher head. <laughs> he directed. There's. I want to say he directed one of the Grisham. Mm. There was a moment I was like the Christian movies. Even though I would never read those books. I was like, yo, this music, these movies are kind of tight. 
<laughs> is the client the one with Tom Cruise? No, the client is the one with your boy, uh, Brad Renfro and uh, oh, Susan Sarandon. Right. Brad oh, Renfro, right. he's no longer with us. Um, uh, right. He directed A Time to Kill. I, I kind of fucks with A Time to Kill. Even though it's, Who's in that? Uh, Samuel Jackson, uh, Matthew McConaughey. Mm. He did direct The Client. He directed The Client. I like, I okay. like The Client. Uh, he also directed Sin Almost Fire. That movie rules. That is a great movie. Rob Lowe. Rob, like peak Rob Lowe. Peak Rob Lowe. <laughs> People think he peaked in the 90s. No, 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 no. No. Peak Rob Lowe was like 80s. Like yeah, yeah. Outsiders. <laughs> Yeah, he Saint was, he was, back when he was like he he had he was like the first guy to get caught up in like a sexy like yeah sexy during like the Democratic National Convention. So shout out to Rob Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I'm glad you did all that. I as we are recording this in October, and this airs this will be airing in January. Uh, I went to my buddy's album recording last night mm. at the Gutter, and uh, it was very good. It's like uh, I haven't sat through like a comedy show as a as a like a as a normal person, yeah. In forever, it was kind of rad to watch. Like, uh, it's like three or four cameras. That's nice. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I guess it's going to exist on like social on YouTube or whatever. That's what mm. the community puts her. Are we going to see like now. shots of you in the crowd laughing? There may be. There is. There is one joke. I was like, man, that's a fucking good joke. I'm always afraid going to a comedy show that like I'll be the only person. I'll like my laugh will be heard above all else and. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it was it was it was quite good. So shout out to Matt Wayne, and uh, it's called, I think it's going to be called "Take a Sniff," mm-hmm. which is uh, it's this little little catchphrase. It's just get her done. Oh, if you will. <laughs> okay. everybody needs a catchphrase. Like, everybody needs a catchphrase. I have a catchphrase, so yeah, everybody needs one. Yeah, but I feel like you have a catchphrase on this podcast, and it's this is why I we just... need diverse writers rooms. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It is actually well, your your good friend is my catchphrase. That's my uh, that is that is my get her done. I don't have a friend. catchphrase. I'm not. We'll get we'll get I'm you. Not, one. I'm not a comedian. We'll get you, we'll get you a little catchphrase. Little catchphrases. Oh, I I went out on a Saturday. I'm not normally. Uh, I, I work on Saturdays, and I one of the things I was bitching about was like like going out to eat on Saturdays. Fucking blows. I tried. I, I'm a one person. I'm one guy. Mm-hmm. So usually when you I go out, get a table. Up, I want. I was. I'll sit at the bar. I'm one guy. I don't need a table. Just give me like a little stool. <laughs> the end of the bar I won't bother anybody and I try to go to this place called Bernie's which is in Williamsburg which is a great restaurant I was like yeah I'm just one guy just want to sit at the bar oh that'd be like two hours it's like it's 6.30 <laughs> <laughs> you should have been like you know who I am I have a podcast I have a podcast the No Season 2 podcast that I should be watching this episode right now but <laughs> I have to wait two hours to sit at your fucking restaurant anyway uh, I didn't get a chance to eat at Bernie's I would, the last time I was there was on a Sunday where nobody mm-hmm. goes there figure that was time to go anyway enough about that let's talk about resolutions yes i have a lot of questions for you this is a interesting episode why don't you take us away with the recap okay let me get a sip of water first because i had to type this one out oh really yeah uh sometimes when these get long my hand starts to hurt and i'm also running out of space in my notebook and i don't have my another one for (laughs) until the next I didn't take this many notes when I was in college. <laughs> um, also, this is the episode that I is like permanently seared in my brain. Like the end scene yes. and like the phone booth. That is like the thing I remember most about the show. Anything else I've like, been like, <laughs> I don't remember anything. I the same way. So well, I watched it twice this morning. Mm. When I watched it the first time, I was like, oh, this is the episode I remember the most from yeah. when I watched it. Yeah. Maybe a few times I had watched it. So in essence, I've probably seen this episode like three or four times, but maybe it's because I remember some of the images. There's two scenes in particular that I'm like, I totally remember that. Yeah, the two scenes I that like stick in my brain. 
So like the title of this episode implies, it's a new year in Three Rivers. And we start the episode on New Year's Eve um, at the Chase House. Angela, Ricky, Brian, and Danielle are watching Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve on ABC. <laughs> and <laughs> now Ryan Seacrest has taken it over. Um, yeah. We get, <laughs> we get voiceovers from everyone saying what their resolutions are. Angela wants to stop being so introspective, but then she thinks it would make her shallow, so she settles on not doing Jordan's homework anymore. Rayanne wants to stop drinking, but for real this time. Danielle wants to pester her mom into letting her wear makeup, and Ricky wants to find a place that he really belongs. We get shots and voiceovers from everyone else. Patty wants to stop being so judgmental and to lighten up. Graham is going to tell Hallie that he won't do the restaurant and to stop all those long talks with her after class. Brian wants to stop obsessing over Angela. Kyle wants to spend more time with his dog and Sharon. And Sharon resolves to never have sex with Kyle again. Uh, Mr. Katinsky is going to give up caffeine, which seems like a really bad idea if you're a high school teacher. So really the main person storyline of this episode is Ricky. Ricky has been staying with the Chases since Christmas Eve, and he's basically the perfect house guest. He's polite. He cleans up after himself and others. Um, he remembers what Graham is going to be teaching in his class on any given night. Unfortunately, he doesn't overhear the part where Graham and Patty are talking about how great he is. He overhears them talking about how they haven't heard back from his aunt and uncle. And when they ask him about it, he changes the subject. They say Ricky can't stay with them forever. And Ricky sort of takes that to mean that they don't want him around. At school, Ricky's English class is attempting to read the Odyssey. Sharon is trying to avoid Kyle unsuccessfully. She goes so far as to hide in a storage room where Rayanne is making out with a football player or basketball. This sport really here is unclear. It's a letterman's jacket. Mm -hmm. But Kyle follows her in and tells her that he loves her and her face is giving major kill me. Angela is in Jordan's car doing his homework and Jordan somehow realizes that this is kind of shitty and he's taking advantage of her by letting her do his homework when they're not together. They're just friends. So he just gets out of the car and leaves her there in his car. And they have a top down in Pittsburgh in January, which seems ill-advised. Graham and Hallie are leaving his cooking class and he half-heartedly tells her that he can't do the restaurant. How he's? I feel like he said this a thousand times already. Um, she goes on about a space she found and how now that he's not part of the restaurant, he he can give an objective opinion on the space. But this is all code for him still wanting to do the restaurant with her. Graham gets home late and tells Patty that he spoke to Hallie about the restaurant and he told her that he's not doing it. And Patty's like, great, about time. But this is what you wanted, right? And Graham's like, it's what you wanted me to tell her, right? And Patty's like, but only if it's what you want. And it's like, please get therapy to help your communication because this is killing me. Mm -hmm. Ricky comes downstairs and tells him that he spoke to his aunt and uncle and that everything is all straightened out and that he's going back home, which is obviously a lot. He says Tino is going to pick him up, which makes me wonder if Patty and Graham know who Tino is because they don't ask who Tino is at any point. They try to stop him and tell him that they want to speak to his aunt, but Ricky just hugs Patty and says thanks for everything and leaves with no place to actually go. In English class the next day, Ricky falls asleep and Mr. Kutinsky asks if he gave up caffeine too. Ricky makes up a lie about staying at Angela's last night and having to take Danielle, her sister, to the emergency room so he couldn't work on the paper that was due. Angela comes in at the worst time. <laughs> Mr. Katinsky is like, how is your sister? And she's like, fine. And then she follows Ricky out of the class and tells him that he needs to tell Rayanne that he's okay because Rayanne thinks that Patty kicked him out. And Ricky's like, 
yeah, whatever, and just walks away. Mr. Katimsi comes over to Angela and asks if Ricky stayed at her house last night. And she explains that no, he was staying there, but he's back with his family because everything has calmed down over there. Then Angela asks him a a hypothetical about someone who is smart and not doing well in school, i.e. Jordan. And Mr. Katimsky brings her over to a sign-up sheet for tutoring where she just writes down Jordan's name without asking him. We get more Rayanne and Sharon interaction and we learn that Sharon and Kyle are still technically broken up, but that on New Year's Eve, she was watching A River Runs Through It and was so turned out by Brad Pitt that when Kyle called, she had him come over so they could go to Pound Town. She's having a better time than when they were actually together and I find that hard to believe because he seems like he would be incredibly bad at sex. She claims that she's going to tell Kyle that she's done with him and that she's saving herself for when she is incomplete and total love. Graham shows up at a restaurant space that Hallie's picked out. There's a random fountain in the middle and whether that's bolted to the floor, I don't know. Hallie tells (laughs) Graham that her fiance Brad has a theory about him, which is that Graham secretly wants to do the restaurant. Like, is that even a secret? Give me a break. Um, And that if he doesn't do it, Graham will kill himself or somebody else. It's like, is Brad okay? Because that's like, that's like a big leap. Yeah. There's another theory that Graham will also cave and join the bus- this business last minute. At the Chase house, Uncle Neil's back. Cheers. Applause. <laughs> um, and he's fixing their stereo system, meaning that he's just fixing the input-output cables because apparently Graham can cook, but he can't set up a stereo correctly and it's not even that hard. That he's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Patty tells Neil that Graham has decided to not do the restaurant and Neil's like, huh? What restaurant? And then Patty's like, the one with that woman from his class, Hallie. And Neil's like, Hallie who? And the look on Patty's face must alarm Neil because he tries to cover his tracks and be like, Hallie? Oh, I know Hallie. And then Graham comes home and Patty's like, I'm going upstairs. And Graham is like, what did you say to her? And Neil's like, what did you do? More like, who did you do, Graham? And Graham Uh is like, nothing. At school, Angela tells Jordan she signed him up for tutoring and it turns out that he's been partnered with Brian Krakow and he proceeds to pronounce Brian's name as Brain. And it's like, I know you can't read, but no one in the history of time has ever been named Brain. So let's try to put two to two together here, Jordan. Angela is like, maybe this is a bad idea. And Jordan's like, well, I'm already signed up. So during English class, Ricky's on the payphone in the hallway and we find out that his aunt and uncle have moved without telling him and have left no forwarding address or phone number. Mr. Katimsky sees him on the phone and calls after him, but Ricky just walks away. The next morning, Ricky goes to the English class early to ask for an extension on his Odyssey paper and ends up telling Mr. Katimsky that he has no place to live, that he was staying with the Chases, that they're a great family, but it was making him feel lonelier. We transition to the counselor's office and Miss Krasinowski and Mr. Katimski, a lot of a lot of names that are very hard to say um, mm-hmm. are trying to come up with a solution. Ricky says he's thinking about getting a job and an apartment and Miss Krasinowski is like, yeah, that's not a great plan. <laughs> she tells him about Pride House, which is run by a friend of a friend and is ba- think basically like a group home for teens that's like got I, a I staff. I was trying to and- find out what that was based on and uh, I couldn't find much, but yeah, I believe it's a group home for teens. After Ricky leaves the office, Ms. Krasinowski tells Mr. Katinsky that these types of places have waiting lists, but she'll see what we can do. Later, we find out that she couldn't get him in right away and that he'll need to stay at a facility, quote unquote, for the time being. So we're back to... Brian. He tries to get out of tutoring Jordan by switching with Sharon, but she spirals and starts relating the issues to Kyle and tells Brian that she won't switch with him. During Jordan and Brian's first session, a girl asks to borrow Brian's eraser and Jordan is like, that girl would have sex with you. And it's like, would she? Like, she's just asking for an eraser. Like, I can't. 
And then Jordan gets the girl's number for Brian and Brian's like, this is how you live your life. And then they start laughing and they're like growing out. And then Angela shows up and she's like, what the fuck is going on here? And tells Jordan that if being tutored by Brian is awkward, that she can help him for a little longer. And Jordan's like, you could have sex with me if you really wanted to help. I'm like, I really am not into it. We get another scene, unfortunately, of Graham and Patty talking in circles about him wanting to be involved in this stupid restaurant. Then we see Ricky at the facility, which basically just looks like a homeless shelter for teens with like cops for them to sleep on. And he's clearly freaked out and he leaves in the middle of the night. The next day, Mr. Katimsky shows up at the Chase house and asks if Ricky is there, that he was brought to a shelter last night, but he got a call that Ricky had left. He yells at Patty and Graham for letting Ricky leave the house and believing that he had someplace to stay. Patty starts crying and then Mr. Katimsky calms down a little bit. It's not shown, but it's implied that he tells them everything that's happened with Ricky. After he leaves, Graham tells Patty he has something to tell her. Patty, I'm pretty sure, thinks he's going to say that he's cheating on her, but it's Mm -hmm. actually that he wants to open a restaurant. Patty's so relieved that her turd of a husband isn't cheating that she's like, I'll be so supportive of this stupid fucking restaurant that you want to open. And then later, Graham goes to meet Hallie to say he's in, and we learn that, that Brad called out the engagement with Hallie. She says Brad has another theory, but we don't hear what it is. But probably that that he's convinced that these two are going to like hook up at some point. There's more Sharon and Kyle and more Brian and Jordan, but all of them are annoying and exhausting. Sharon will keep having sex with Kyle as long as Brad Pitt keeps making movies. And Brian will help Jordan read a book so that Jordan will teach him how to get a girl's phone number. Ricky calls Mr. Katimsky from a phone booth. It's at night, it's cold and it's raining. And Mr. Katimsky is obviously very concerned. Ricky lies and says he found a place to stay and not to worry. Mr. Katimsky almost says something else. But then he says, we'll talk about it tomorrow in class. When he hangs up, Mr. Katimsky's partner, a man, comes into the living room and asks what's going to happen with Ricky. Katimsky says that he'll be fine if he lives through the night and that he feels guilty for not taking Ricky in, but is scared that the school could find out that he's gay and what people would think of two gay men taking in a teenage boy into their home because the world is garbage and fucked up. Mm -hmm. Later, Mr. Katimsky and his partner are eating dinner and there's a knock at the door. It's Ricky. He says that his address was in the phone book. He starts crying and saying that it got so hard being alone. Mr. Katimsky hugs him and brings him inside. And then the episode ends with Katimsky closing the door. All right. So before I get into like some of the production notes of the episode, I want to say this. I love doing this podcast and I love doing it with you because you have like just the takes of uh, of like a sane person. <laughs> and I have the takes of like a teenage boy. So, <laughs> so when you're like disgusted by something, a scene and I'm like, oh, I actually find that kind of kind of amusing. And we're going to get to that scene that, that I, one of the two scenes that I remember vividly from watching this episode before. This episode is written by Ellen Herman. Ellen Herman wrote the Pressure episode from a few mm. weeks ago. And it's the first episode directed by Patrick Norris. And Patrick Norris is kind of like a legendary uh, TV director. I'm not legendary, but he's directed several episodes of TV shows like Chuck, Friday Night Lights, and Gossip Girl, and Bones, and The O.C. And uh, he's a part of, one of the things is like that we, we, we talked about him this about the show is like its connection to 30 something mm-hmm. with, with the writers and, and the showrunners and some of the people who were either worked on that show and Patrick Norris is a part of the 30 something family okay so he worked on 30 something as well before working on this show 
for me, watching this episode felt like almost kind of like this weird kind of reboot. Mm-hmm. And it's the first episode in which I'm watching that I feel like that you can tell the actors as characters have aged. Yeah. Like, this is the first episode in which I thought that like, oh, there's been a passage of time from when we the show started to where we are right now. Mm-hmm. And like, Angela started off the show probably looking like she was 14. Yeah. It's the first episode in which I feel like she looks like a teenager. Yeah, she definitely like, looks way older than she did in the first episode. She did. Correct. And, uh, I feel like this is where this episode was laying the groundwork for had there been a season two mm-hmm. ending, no season two podcast <laughs> this is where we've really gotten some of our storylines for the following season whether it's yeah. Graham cheating on, on Patty which we're, we're being led down that road I mean yeah. the gloves are off we're, we're, the long long ass road and right. I'd like to get off of it <laughs> <laughs> Whether or not we we get a pregnancy episode with probably Sharon because it's heading down that road, right? It, it, it I was seems thinking like that when I was watching it, I was like, "This is a lot." And whether or not we're because this was like I guess like a not sure like a talking point, but these were things that issues that were brought up in the nineties as far as like the the home life of a teacher, mm-hmm. and I think that was one of the things that we were going to be led down that road as well. So this feels like a reboot, and then we get. We're almost getting reintroduced to a bunch of characters in the same time. Kyle is back. Richard is back. Hallie is back. Neil is back. So, and these are all characters we've seen throughout this season, but like they actually have like, they feel lived in at this point. Honestly, like Neil, Neil, not my biggest problem in this episode. <laughs> there is just enough of him for me to like not be completely turned off by him. But I, I'm also like, I think maybe it's that performance. I don't love that actor. Like what show okay. is he in? Um, like a 30 minute sitcom. I don't, is he trying to be funny? <laughs> that's like, that's the kind of show he's in. He's in like a, I don't know. He's a patron. He goes into cheers once. Yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> it's, a, it's a bizarre performance. Like, and I don't like it. So he's only in it just briefly, which kind of, I'm like, Oof. because like <laughs> I was under, he was like kind of flirting with Patty. And it's sort was of, he? it felt weird like that. I think it felt weird. Cause Neil's weird. Cause Neil is weird. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> So let's actually start there with the with Neil or the Patty Graham storyline because I this is like woven throughout mm-hmm. throughout this episode. What are your thoughts on that part of the episode, the Patty Graham so, like, Hallie I can't, situation? I can't believe we're still talking about this. Like, how many episodes ago was it? Episode seven is like Jordan can't read, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when is that the or is that or is it pressure when they meet? I don't know. This is like four episodes ago, four or five episodes ago that this restaurant gets brought up. Right. And that Patty's like, you're going to blow our, <laughs> our our entire savings on this restaurant. You can't do it. And Graham's like, I'll tell her. And then we're fucking back to square one mm-hmm. with this storyline. I'm sick of it. Either be part of the restaurant or don't. Right. I don't really fucking care. But I'm tired of hearing about it because it like brings nothing. It's giving me nothing. Except, like, irritation because the two of them are so terrible together. My take on their their whole thing is, like, I find it bizarre that a grown man is, like, having, like, these conversations with, I mean, like, on the phone and, mm-hmm. like, hanging out. Like, it's like, what, 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 my guy, what you, you're not a 13-year-old girl. What do you, like, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, like, yes, adult men can have friendships and have it with women and not have it be sexual. But there is not clearly sexual man. tension oh, yeah, totally <laughs> between between Graham and Hallie. So, like, it is very, it's very weird to have your wife walk in on that phone conversation and then 
Patty's like thinks that you're cheating on her. Right. But it's really you're harboring these deep, passionate feelings about wanting to open this restaurant. There is this TV show from the early aughts. There's two seasons of it, so we won't we won't rewatch it. It's called The Mind, <laughs> The Mind of a Married Man. It's with Mike Bender. And there is this episode that kind of sticks out of my mind because it's like he eventually does cheat on his wife. Mm-hmm. One of his one of his buddies is like, listen, man, you say you go to the barbershop enough times, eventually you will get a haircut. And that's where I feel like <laughs> Where this is going. This is going. Like, like, Graham, you're, you're going to cheat. I think if there was like a season two and they continued the storyline, which I can't really see them like giving up because already Patty has fired him from the printing business so that he can pursue his whatever. But that's like not enough. Right. For him, like he's not fulfilled by that. So I think like the second season would be like they're at the restaurant, like setting it up or like in the kitchen. And it's just the two of them. And then they like kiss. That's and like it goes further. And that's how I imagine that storyline playing out. Before we put a pin in this part of the storyline, because like I want this episode to focus on like the A story, which is Ricky. So I want to do that last. But uh, one of the questions I have, because like it's that scene was striking to me, was like, what do you think Patty was thinking when she's talking to Neil about Hallie and Neil not knowing who she was? I think that Patty was more suspicious that Neil didn't know who Hallie was mm-hmm. because like that he's like keeping it, he's keeping a secret from his brother, which I imagine like Graham tells Neil. I mean, Graham told Neil about the chick who was like grabbing his tongue. Right. And like who he was going to meet in a hotel. Right. So it seems more suspicious. Like, I mean, obviously Patty didn't know about that, but like it seems suspicious that he wouldn't have told Neil about this restaurant idea. And then also this woman, if it's just like a platonic mm-hmm. type thing. Okay. Yeah. No, it's like, a, I don't love that part. So let's just go, just move right <laughs> along because I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to uh let's talk about Kyle and uh, Sharon. We've got a lot of uh <sighs> we got Sharon. Too much. We had a lot of Sharon in this episode. Um I which I don't hate. I mean I, I find Sharon to be kind of interesting. Sharon is actually more like some of the people I grew up with. So like I like I kind of enjoy some of the things she's talking about. I feel like I guess her love of Brad Pitt, nineties Brad Pitt is kind of a kind of an odd thing, but is it though? Like everybody liked Brad Pitt in the nineties. He had a higher approval rating. I mean he's very good in Thelma Louise, the movie that Kyle rents so to watch with which is an odd movie. Yeah, Sharon Hot. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I remember so it is a very, very good movie, the Robert Redford film about about fly fishing, which I actually seen a lot. That movie is really good. Um, how did you feel about the the Kyle and Sharon? Will they stay together? Are they just hooking up? I was waiting for it to be over. Mm-hmm. To be honest, like it was like there was too much of it. Like I feel like if they hadn't kept coming back to it, like I like Sharon in general, but she was like real annoying in this episode, and it's like maybe like Kyle some kind. Of- High school sex savant, but I highly doubt it. I really, really doubt it. And it's like, really, Sharon? I mean, I guess she doesn't have, she doesn't have anything to compare it to. That is true. So maybe she should just like pump the brakes and wait until she is in complete and total love because also he's dumb. He's like majorly dumb. He's real dumb, yeah. I just, I was like, I was over it. Me and like Kyle kind of gives nothing. He gives, he doesn't give a lot. No, he's, it's also a performance that I find to be a little like annoying. I'm like, it's also not a great performance. They don't give him a whole lot of lines. And the ones he does have, I'm like, why is this guy talking? It's like, why is this guy talking on my TV show? Give me more (laughs) of some other things. Yeah. No, I mean, like going forward, I'm hoping this is kind of the end of like the Sharon Kyle thing. It's not mm-hmm. my favorite thing to watch. It's not. So, no. let's, so let's move on to like two things that I think are very, very compelling and very good. 
was talking about uh, Angela mm-hmm. and Jordan. So we said up top, there's like, this is one of the episodes that, that, that are, are stuck in our brains as far as like, like even though we hadn't seen this for forever and I hadn't seen this forever, but like the two, the two shots that I remember, of course, is Ricky at the very end and the phone mm-hmm. booth. And the other thing that I remember from this episode, like growing up, is the scene in the classroom where Jordan says, if you have sex with me, that could get really... That's the scene that I remember because one of the few times that I laughed at the show. <laughs> but you're here to, to let me know that it's like, George, that's cringy. <laughs> I mean, it is cringy. I just thought her reaction was pretty great. Well, her, rea- her reaction, like, she starts, like, laughing awkwardly, yeah. which I think is probably the reaction, like, most teenagers might have to that. Maybe I would, like, on top of the, like, oh, this girl will ha- would have sex with you, Brian, that compounded with the, like, you could have sex with me. That would help. Right. Well, I, I mean, wasn't. It's, it's like he's a dumb guy and a dumb guy in high school. This is how they talk. So we let you, I let you you got let into the locker room a little bit with the, that conversation. But I can appreciate that because I was a dumb, dumb guy. Still am a dumb guy. Ask anybody who's ever gone out with me. No doubt. But uh, <laughs> on a side. <laughs> no, but I, that felt very true as far as like the way high school guys talk. It seemed true how like Jordan and Brian would like interact where... Like initially, I mean, obviously Brian wasn't into this idea. Brain Krakow was not into the right. idea of tutoring Jordan. And then I think once he realizes that like he can help Brian get girls, it became like a different sure. thing, which is like, I feel like a 90 minute movie from like the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Like a, a teen movie. Oh, totally. Jason Biggs. Plot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I think that is made to uh, Mina Safari and Jason Biggs are in this death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got, like, I guess, like an insight into their relationship as far as like where it's going. I mean, I guess they're like friends in limbo because at the end of friends by circumstance. Yeah. There's like she's doing his homework, which I find to be just ridiculous. <laughs> Come on. This is I mean, totally. no one ever said that teenage girls weren't also kind of pathetic in their own way. <laughs> very true, very true. But how do you hide that handwriting? It's like, this is the, the handwriting of a teenage girl, not an illiterate Maybe boy. Maybe he rewrites it? No, he's illiterate. There's no way he's writing it. There's, I still had some questions with that whole thing. Yeah, she's turning in his homework. I'm like, it's like all, all of a sudden he started doing well in school. The guy's been held back two years. All of a sudden. The teacher's like, oh, wow, we're finally doing we're, something. We're breaking through all like two years later. Yeah. Fucking idiot. Anyway, that was one of the things that was uh, that kind of stuck out of my mind. Let's uh, make our way through to the storyline of the show. So I think this is a very good episode of, of the season. Not one of my favorites. Like I put it in like, maybe like the, maybe like number three or number four, which I guess would be one of my favorites. My only, I guess, criticism of the last two episodes is, I guess it's for like, as far as like a storytelling thing, I kind of needed to know more than just Ricky, I guess like beat up or mm-hmm. I needed to know how that happened to where we are now. Because yeah, the there's last- like a big chunk that's, missing i feel like we're missing maybe a few we days get that. maybe i like maybe the- we get that but maybe we don't but um there is like kind of like a a major chunk missing in that storyline and maybe it could be intentional that that's missing from like a storytelling perspective where it's like fill in the blank right on why you think his uncle was beating him up right I- kind of thing or maybe they were working up to it I, don't know. I, I just think that, like, because, like, the whole show, I mean, it's like, 
I mean, we love Ricky. Ricky to us would be the the focus of the show if we were able to read. Mm-hmm. But like, we don't have anything to go on as far as like what Ricky's home life is, and then all of a sudden we're dropped into this. Yeah. Yeah. Without having any kind of backstory. That's kind of my major criticism for the show. I think we only get like one other kind of piece mm-hmm. of his home life. And I think that's father figures mm-hmm. when Angela's like about the Grateful Dead tickets. Like Graham was acting like a child and was upset. And like Ricky's like, oh, my uncle like breaks down my door, basically. And then Angela's like, Oh, my dad always knocks. Right. So, like, like gloss over. So, there's only been one other piece of information that we've gotten. Right. Also, up until Christmas Angels, where it's like he's on the street beaten up. Also, one of the things I guess is like kind of missing for me, and I, and I, I think I I need to be. He had to show me. It's like so he leaves. He's been with the Chases for a week. And then mm-hmm. he leaves, and in that time, where is he out after school? Wandering. Or like at Rayanne's. I mean, wandering. So it's exactly because I mean, like the, he's wearing a different outfit the next day. Yeah. So I kind of need to know that too. I mean, like, uh, is he on the street? Is he like where is he? Is he shocking up somewhere? Like, so I think that's kind of a that's an important thing to have in the episode. Is that place on like Tennessee still? That, is there that? I mean, like, where is he? Where is he changing clothes? I mean, he's clearly not. I guess sleeping. he could be changing clothes at school. There's that too. So. I just, I just needed to see that. Mm-hmm. So I guess when he leaves the Chase's house, we don't know where he spends that night. Right. Like after Tino picks him up. Correct. And then he goes to school the next day. Mm-hmm. And then we don't know where he spends that night. Right. Because when he talks to Mr. Katinsky about how he has no place to live, that's, that's like, like the next morning. That's like the next so there's morning. like two nights. Right. Yeah. There's two nights that are like unaccounted for right. I guess about where he could be. And he's at the whatever that was, the group home, whatever the guy was like, hey, where are you going? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So that's another night. Yeah. Goes to the chases. Uh, Richard, there's another yeah. night. Well, is that like the when he goes to the chases, when Richard, it's the same night when he gets that call from Ricky and Ricky shows up that same night. See, I think that's the next night. Oh, you think that's the next? The night. reason why is because like uh, that's another uh, Hallie and uh, Graham conversation that's not in the rain. Then there's right. that night. Right. So there's like three or four nights. There's like three or four nights that are kind of unaccounted for. I mean, it's like, these are small details, but they're details to me. And I kind of need to see that. It could have done, it would have been better to show less Sharon and Kyle and more what is going on with Ricky. I think this should have been just the Ricky episode. I mean, yeah, we're already yes. getting the Christmas episode the week before. We could put Sharon and Kyle. That could be any episode. That right? could be season two. That could be season which two. Which we don't get. Which we don't get. <laughs> which right. I'd be fine with. <laughs> <laughs> but you could have that anytime. This should have been, this episode should have been just strictly Ricky's journey. What's going on with him? Even if he was like day one, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. so, that, so that's the reason why it like, it gets knocked down a little bit because of that reason. So I can see that. But we, we did some negatives. Let's talk about some positives. <laughs> Wilson Cruz's performance in this is unbelievable. Yeah, it's great. We always talk about, and I always talk about this too, with, I even said it last night. It was like, I can't think of a show in which we have two like all timers as like young people who go on to become <laughs> like wildly successful. Say what you will about Claire Dances, some of the things she's been in and crying and just in, in Homeland and Jared Leto some of the things he's been in and he's a little he's a lot too she oh, that performance holy shit what movie is that but um, Morbius exactly but I mean but these are two these two are famous mm-hmm. I mean they've been in like they've been in our lives for 30 plus years in one way or another she's won Emmys he's won an Oscar I can't think of another show in which we get two young people who are who become massively 
really huge off the same show. I mean, you'll get like the one possibly, mm-hmm. but it's very rare you get the two. With that being said, even though his career, I guess, is not as huge as theirs, Wilson Cruz is doing some A plus acting in this episode from the very end to, I, I believe he's 19 or 20 in this episode or on the show, but it's like some of the teenage stuff that he's having to do. I mean, he's, I one sometimes Angela and Jordan can be one note. He is giving you everything. Yeah. Though. He has like a, a spectrum of emotions mm-hmm. and whether that's a function of like his character or his acting, there's a spectrum. I don't get that with Jordan. No. And that's possibly a function of his character, but sure. also like, I'm not like a huge Jared Little fan. So it's like, kind of like, I don't know what he could be giving me. I think that like Sharon is probably one of the only other characters where I think like, kind of like not pivotal characters, but you get a range of a range of emotion from her versus like, I don't know, Rayanne, you kind of get like a campy sure. image of what a teen on like drugs and alcohol is. Sure. It's not, I'm not going to knock that performance. I just, it's just not for me, but yeah, no, I mean like, uh, Sharon is like giving you some stuff, but I mean, like we're getting with Ricky and Wilson Cruz's performance, we're getting mm-hmm. we're getting heartbreak. We're getting yeah. uh, weird like teenage energy from him. Like when he's telling uh, Mr. Katemski is like about obviously telling his lying, but one of the things you could tell from lying is how good he is at being. Yeah, I, I, I tell it was like, oh well, we had to go to the emergency room for yeah. Yeah, oh. <laughs> less is more, Ricky on the right, on the right. lies. <laughs> I just hate that, like, um, I hope that we get more of this in, less in the last in the last few episodes. Because we're, 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 we're not rounding third yet. We're on second base. So we're getting close to the end of the series. I'm going to be very annoyed and disappointed if the last sort of three episodes are this whole sort of character arc plot is like, yeah, yeah crumpled in a ball and like tossed behind because I or like given a very, like, very, very minimal attention right because so far it's like the only compelling it kind of is it kind Sorry, of like, is honestly like jordan and angela is not compelling it, it's not anymore in fact it's like it's almost kind of like it's like yeah it was like it probably had my attention maybe like a, like a month ago but now mm-hmm. i'm sort of like nah, I'm just, I'm, i've moved on yeah. from that relationship they, they've kind of moved on and, they, and they've kind of moved on as well talked a, a bunch about Ricky, but we can't not talk about the other great performance in this episode, and that is Richard Kotemski. Yeah. We have mentioned in earlier on whether or not we thought or we think that this character is gay, and of course, we get our answer. This is ABC. Plus, that's just his roommate. Or just his roommate. <laughs> but this is, and that felt like a relationship, because like the way yeah. it's like, could you not do that, please? That, that's something you yeah. do. <laughs> you don't do that to a roommate, you do that to your, your, your who you're with. This is ABC 1994. Well, this would be 95. 95. We're in in 95. Um, How do you feel they handled introducing or possibly introducing Richard's sexuality on this show? I thought it was handled. To me, it didn't seem like shoehorned. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like it could have felt very shoehorned in, but to just have like he's at home and then like his partner walks out, kind of and like sits down and it's a man, and you know it. It didn't feel overly melodramatic or mm-hmm. like for shock value or for it felt it felt written with more grace than they've written a lot of things. Like they like Rand's character arc has been written with like no grace. Yeah. <laughs> So like this, they actually, I think, wrote pretty delicately. 
I, it, it felt like something you would see in a play. Also, the he didn't get a m- many lines, but what he says and what he says with his mm-hmm. face. One of my, my favorite performances, aside from uh, Richard and, uh, of course, uh, Ricky, the the partner, is he's really good. Really, really good. Because he, he serves as a sounding board he does. for what Richard, what Mr. Katinsky is feeling after that phone call with Ricky and he says like, oh, I should, you, you're thinking I should have, why didn't I invite him to stay here? And he's mm-hmm. like, I'm not thinking that. <laughs> like, kind of like the, the delicate steps you have to take when you're talking with your partner. Right. When they're kind of having this like emotional kind of moment. I mean, it, like not accusatory and not. Right. You know, but just there to listen. No, it's a it's a, a top notch performance for somebody who's in it for maybe 45 seconds. Dare I say the most stable relationship. Kind of is. It kind of is. In this show. Uh, and probably one of my favorites. Just, just their interaction just made so much more mm-hmm. sense. And Patty and Graham, sometimes I'm just like this. I don't believe this as a couple at all. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of stake for him as a teacher. Mm-hmm. And like just as a person. It really, it's, it, it's, yeah. What's annoying to me watching is that it hasn't gotten that much. We're regressing okay. back to, we're regressing back to that. Where like, if you're like a gay man, mm-hmm. you can't, you know, want to just like help, <laughs> I don't know, a teen boy. It has to be like something. It has to be something. Deep, yeah. Know? It's got to be something that like. Yeah. I and I feel like we're as a culture, as like a country, mm-hmm. we're kind of regressing back to that with everything that's like going on, like politically and culturally within like the LGBTQ sure. IA plus community with like Republicans and super Republicans <laughs> have that, <laughs> have that are trying to make people think that that's how gay people are when that's not the case. Right. So that's annoying that that episode was 1995 and it's 2023 and we're almost back. <laughs> Do you know, we haven't made America great again. What are you talking about? Megan? No. <laughs> listeners i'm full of shit right now so it's just (laughs) just make sure he's not he's wearing he's wearing a maga hat (laughs) yeah one i could throw up in again i was like i do have my problems with this episode but those three performances really 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 did it for me and i'm hope that like as we go forward that we continue this this journey of what's going on with because i mean ricky of course was like it's led in that house Mm -hmm. now we've got Another thing to talk about because it's like... And it's like, are we going to talk about it? Or are we just going to talk about like this stupid fucking restaurant, which I can't imagine is going to survive the economy. <laughs> not, um, with, not with that one person at the helm, which is like... A, and I'm going to talk, talk about her. Now that letter. Brad's out of it too. Brad, the fiance's out of it. Right. Like, wasn't he like kind of the brains? He, he was He was definitely like, uh, you should do this. I mean, like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> He kind of pushed her into Graham's arm. He kind of, kind of did, kind of did. <laughs> there isn't a uh, a lot of music in this episode, which in a way is probably a good choice. Yeah, because like to have like I guess like the sad like '90s song in this episode would have kind of been like, man, are we? It like- would have been like if they played like I don't know, "Runaway Train" by Salt. Sorry, though. Oh my God, <laughs> Megan off the top rope, love it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give the needle drop moment to, of course, the, the New Year's Eve song. 
that you hear, yeah. which is uh, all along the same, which nobody knows the words to. It's like, uh, old Lang Syde. Is that how you say that? Yeah, A-U-L-D-L-I-N-G-S-Y-N-E. I probably remember watching that. I, I was obsessed with the whole Dick Clark ball dropping thing as a kid. As well, if, if you try to watch it now, it's like so bad. It's so stupid. Any nostalgia that it had has been like ripped away. Yeah, it's sort of like, <laughs> and yeah. it is like so it's so hard like we'll put it on for a second to be like what's happening and i'll be like we'll tap out it's like just so bad like if i wanted to see mariah carey lip sync i could watch a different program for this it's 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 weird because like it started getting bad at the end of like dick clark's run because they're just like propping this one guy up there it was like (laughs) literally propping it's like weekend at bernie's (laughs) with fucking dick clark And then just sort of like, ah, we can't do this anymore. It's terrible now. So I guess that's the needle drop moment is like, because I remember watching the, the ball drop in the 90s up until, I guess, Dick Clark's uh, reign. Reign? That's what we're talking about. Reign of terror. Reign of terror. Let's go to fit. What's your favorite fit of this episode? You're going to be so shocked. But I actually really liked Neil's sweater that he was wearing. Well, looks like somebody <laughs> is a fan. I've been converted to the dark side. Yeah. So. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like it was like a kind of like a Fair Isle winter sweater blue. It was nice. I liked it. Uh, mine, uh, I like sharing suspenders with the, with the gray top, but mine is because like, I found it to be kind of cute. That's kind of like, I love the glasses, but the girl that Jordan gets the number from, I like that oh, black right. dress and the blue top. That's, that's thing. I think that you could bust that out today and people would be like, yo, that's a, that's a fire outfit. So she won't have sex with you. She won't have sex with me, <laughs> which is, which is probably a good thing. But, uh, considering I am 45, <laughs> she's a, she's a junior, so. Maybe she's a man. <laughs> right. She was a junior, so Brian wasn't gonna. Yeah, yeah. I was like, come on, Brian. Wasn't gonna call. Her. She was. She was out of your league, dog. Um, uh, but no, I, 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 very top to bottom. I was like, I found her. I found her all up and her all look. I even like her swag. I thought that was kind of tight. So, it's like, give me that racer, punk. <laughs> So that that's, mine won't erase. Mine won't erase. You should try that next time you're out. <laughs> Maybe I will next time I'm out on a Saturday night. It's like you bring like a crossword puzzle or something with phone, you. My phone, my, my I don't have an eraser. I need an eraser. <laughs> All right, so let's talk. Let's give out some awards. Let's talk about some bad because I always like to do the bad first and like end on something good. So who is your big loser? My big loser is Sharon. Wow. <laughs> All right, walk me through it because like I she wasn't on my list. She was in the episode a lot. She's in the episode a lot. She is in the episode a lot, yes. She's very annoying in this episode. Not my favorite. Like you're so turned on by like Brad Pitt that you're willing to have like sex with Kyle. Like that's what like gets you. And then like Kyle, like I'm sorry, but like Kyle's like no 90s Brad Pitt. So is she just like picturing <laughs> she's just picturing Brad Pitt this whole time? Wow. Like just it's high school. This stakes are low. Right. Break up with him. I'm sure there is someone else you can find in this high school to have sex with if you really want to. It, like, like, it doesn't have to be Kyle. It, it be was Kyle. just so, it was like so annoying. I mean, there's other losers in this episode. Like, Graham sucks. Hallie sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Patty kind of sucks. I mean, but Sharon was just like too much of it. There was too much Sharon for me right. in this episode. 
you mentioned my big loser when you talk about who sucks. I think Hallie sucks. I think Hallie <laughs> is my big loser, and she's just doing too much. I don't love that performance either. Neurotic. It's 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 a major turnoff to the point where I'm like, what are, what are you doing? Maybe she needs some like ADHD medication. I mean, that's where we're going. I mean, that that's I just don't I don't love. And those scenes that they have, I think they have four scenes. I just, I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. I, I, I can't do it, dog. I don't, I don't love that. It's too much. It's a lot. It's too much. It's I, too much. Yeah. It's too much. And it's not really like giving. It's not giving. Right. As the children say. The only thing that happens when I see those two on my screen is I'm like, I almost fast forward when I watched the second time. I was like fast forwarded through Sharon and I almost fast forwarded through Holly and Graham. I left the room like when that, the, when the second <laughs> one came on, I was like, why are we even doing this? This is just, this is, I don't love this. So it's like when they go to like the restaurant like two or three times and it's like, yeah, yeah. hey, I hope that fountain can be moved because the space looked kind of small. So how many tables are you going to fit in there? That fountain looks terrible. I mean, what are, I, I what need are we to doing? see a business plan. Exactly. To if I'm going to get behind this restaurant, I need to see a business yeah, plan. Yeah, where is the, where like is the lawyer? Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I just don't. I don't. I don't believe that for a second. So we've done some. We've done some bad. Let's do some good. I'll go ahead and go first. My big winner is Brad. Brad got the fuck out of that relationship because. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you're clearly in love with this chef. I have no idea what you're doing. It's like, I've, he's got a bunch of theories that I totally support. And Brad is my big winner. He's like, I am out. He's not even in the episode, but he's like, I am out. I can't, I can't with this. You support his theory that if he doesn't do this restaurant, he's going to kill himself or kill someone else. Yeah, no, it was like, there's like. Who, Brad, who's Graham going to kill? Patty. Probably Patty. It's like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. He would too. He kind of, he's like, got, he's got the energy. Plus, I mean, I also have a relationship with Tom Irwin because I'm watching the morning show and this is what he evolves into. I mean, come on, my dude, this is, and it's right in, there. He's in Midnight Run. He's in Midnight Run. Yeah. It's, it's right there. It's right there. <laughs> and he sold you your Apple TV at Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my big winner was Mr. Katemski because he, I don't know, when when you think of teachers, I mean, I'm not saying teachers have to take students into their homes, <laughs> but when you think of teachers, you think of a person that your child should be able to go to and trust if something is going wrong in their life or if there's like turbulent times. And he's embodying that in this episode for me. So, I mean, when Ricky comes in and Ricky sees like the donut on his desk, mm -hmm. Mr. Katims, he's like, oh, you can take that donut off my hands. I gave up coffee and there's really no point to a donut, which is wrong. There's always a point to a donut. <laughs> I had two yesterday, Sir. so there's always one yeah. that fucking donut. And I don't drink coffee, so. He'd been picking up on things like Ricky falling asleep in his class. Like, he notices that, like, Ricky's hungry. He goes, like, with him straight to the counselor to try and, you know, mm -hmm. right this ship kind of thing. And even when he's, like, freaking out at the chases, <laughs> he's like... Your daughter, Angela, is delightful. She has a good grasp of language, but she's not living up to her full potential. Right. He's the kind of teacher that you would want, I think, your children to have. I mean, even in his class, he was doing like a, I don't know, they were really getting into the Odyssey and like reenacting stuff. So I don't know. He was a big winner. 
for me. He seems like a teacher that you are that you that you get, and you're like, oh my god, I got this guy because I probably would not have gotten here on my own. Yeah, that's a good that's a good winner. I probably should have thought about it a little more. <laughs> well, you can have Brad. I got Brad. The, the not seeing Brad. <laughs> <laughs> he is like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Like, don't even put me in the episode. I don't even want to fucking be here. That's how I'll much I hate this. Pittsburgh. Yeah, he just leaves. It's just leaves. <laughs> Do you have any other uh, things for uh, episode 16, uh, resolutions? The scene, like, in the morning when everybody's getting, like, ready to go to school and Ricky's after the new year and Ricky's still in the house. Patty comes over to, like, tell them to have, like, a good first day at school and she, like, kisses Angela on the cheek and then she kisses, kisses Ricky, Ricky on too. the cheek. And I think, I don't know, I thought that was nice because it's obviously something that, like, Ricky needed in terms of, like, feeling cared for after being beaten up by his family. One of the things that I think they do a really good good job of showing is how great he looks in the beginning of this episode and how like his his, his life starts as it starts to deteriorate like how he looks throughout the episode he doesn't look great mm-hmm. i mean like he's got a smiling face in the beginning he's like he's like almost kind of like this he's like in a different space as far as like like how he feels emotionally yeah and they do a really good job of telling that story too yeah even his outfit is different like how he's how he's dressed yeah. is like his clothes are tucked in he looks right I mean, I liked this episode overall because I thought the good outweighed the bad, like the Sharon, the Kyle, the Graham, the right. Allie. <laughs> like, I thought the good, like the Ricky stuff, like even the Jordan and the Brian stuff, which like wasn't like, it was like gross, but it wasn't like that bad. What? Teenage boys are gross? <laughs> She's not going to have sex with you, Brian. No one's ever going to have sex with you. Um, like that stuff like outweighed like the stuff that I didn't like. And I think there's such like a, I feel like a tonal shift mm-hmm. <laughs> from like some of these episodes to like the latter part of the series that it's like something in that, that interview you sent me with like Ricky with Wilson Cruz and I don't know something where it was like they were filming a handful of episodes and then they were waiting to get picked up for more episodes. Right. So I wonder if they're like retooling as they're like going along. It felt like very much like almost like not like a reboot, but almost sort of like, all right, this is where we're at with these, a reassessment of the show. So for me, like I, again, I like that the good does outweigh the bad and the bad is of course, two storylines that I could really give a shit about, (laughs) which is Sharon and Kyle and the restaurant being open. I think those are kind of whatever. Burn this restaurant to the ground. Yeah. So I'm going to, if I'm going to give it like a letter grade, it would be like a B, B minus, like an, like an 86, not quite, Mm -hmm. not quite an A. I'm not quite a B plus, but like almost there because the good is the, the good in this episode is very, very good. Yeah. What are your predictions going forward? We have four episodes left. Do we? It's three. 17, 18, and 19. Uh, no, but this episode is 15. This is 16. 16, I'm sorry. We have three episodes left. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> well, so uh, <laughs> maybe Brain can Brain Krakow? Yeah, Brain Krakow. I can understand not pronouncing the last name correctly. No, 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 no. But it's like, who do you, it's like, who does Jordan know that's named Brain? No, 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 no. Brain is really brutal. I mean, B R. I think even like when he said that and Angela was, and Angela was standing right there, I feel like even Angela had to be like, really? I'm like wasting my time. I was like, this dude wants to fuck me. Like, get out while you can, girl. I mean, I, I saw the blurb for the next episode, which is, I think Jordan has sex with Rayanne. 
Uh, so how yeah. that how that happens? I don't know. He trips and falls and lands in her. I'm not sure. Well, it's pretty easy, pretty easy to do that with, with Ray and Graf. She's kind of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's uh, no slut shaming on this podcast. We don't do that here. That's on another podcast. She can have sex with whoever she wants. She as can long have. as it's age appropriate. As long as it's age appropriate, exactly. If not, and not a security, not guard a security guard or a. <laughs> A dude, and yeah, there's some other dudes that she's like, kind of. Uh, I don't think Rand is having sex. How about that? Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Actually, I'm pretty sure she's having sex. Well, listeners, that has been. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awkward way to end. <laughs> I know, right? I gotta get, I gotta get my segues down. Come on, <laughs> listeners. That has been episode 16 resolutions, and we will see you guys next week. I've been George. I've been Megan, and we'll see you soon.